Money in the Bank is coming up in a few days, but the WWE storylines have not exactly been, well, money. What's up, folks? Fred Ricciani, TSC, your home for sports news updates, interviews, and everything in between. If you're new here, please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel and podcast. This is the Sports Courier Podcast. We were on a little bit of a hiatus. We appreciate all your support. I'm here to preview and predict Money in the Bank from top to bottom. It is taking place May 19th, which is, believe it or not, the 13-year anniversary of Kane's legendary film, See No Evil. Ugh. And it's taking place in Hartford, Connecticut, airing live on the WWE Network. And it features two Money in the Bank ladder matches and multiple championship matches. But leading up to Money in the Bank, it has not been great. WrestleMania was a wonderful spectacle. Kofi Kingston wins the WWE title. Seth Rollins wins the Universal title. Holy doodle squat. It's good news galore. And then what happens? Well, reality kicks in. WWE's inconsistent storylines catch up with them. Vince McMahon constantly changing his mind catches up with them. They do the superstar shakeup, which is very similar to the draft, except rather than actually draft somebody and announce, hey, this person's been drafted to this place and that place. They do a deal the last couple of years where people just randomly show up on shows to the point where, honest to God, I have no idea what show anybody's on anymore. And not surprisingly, the ratings went down and down. And down. And there were record lows. And I believe there was a, a Raw that was under 2 million viewers uh, you know, a, a couple weeks before. And it was brutal to the point where Vince McMahon had to do something desperate. So he's created this wild card rule where four to five guys, although originally it was three, then it was four, then it was five. Four to five guys or girls from Raw or SmackDown can be invited, air quotes, to each show each week. So, for example, and this is confusing as hell even for Vince McMahon when he was explaining it on TV. AJ Styles, who's now on Raw, can be invited to go on SmackDown Live every week or once every couple weeks. Roman Reigns, same deal. Sami Zayn from Raw can go to SmackDown. Uh, yo, Kevin Owens from SmackDown can go to Raw. It is so damn confusing. And it's desperation because Vince McMahon, after he did this, booked Kofi Kingston in a couple of WWE title defenses, blew right past the future rematch with Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston at Kofi Kingston pinned Daniel Bryan in the main event of Raw. Next night on SmackDown, Kofi Kingston beat Sami Zayn and AJ Styles of all people to retain the WWE title when, you know, AJ Styles is facing Seth Rollins for the Universal title at Money in the Bank. The War Raiders, who were the NXT Tag Team Champions, were called up as the Viking Experience. And then the the, the Viking Raiders is just super confusing. Bobby Roode becomes Robert Roode Shaves his beard to, to only have a mustache to look like Silas Young from ROH or for people that aren't familiar with him to look like Tom Selleck or one of, one of those guys. and Or, or actually, he looks kind of like the ravishing Rick Rude. And uh, he pins Ricochet randomly on Raw. The next week, he's not on Raw. The next week, he wrestles Ricochet for the right to be in Money in the Bank and loses to Ricochet on Raw. Nothing is making sense. So, it's no surprise that WWE, for all their braggadocious claims about all these social media followers and things like that did not have a, a great first quarter results conference call. In fact, all their key metrics, including ratings, were down. And while in the fall, the new contract with USA Network kicks in, the new contract with Fox kicks in, which is going to get them over $2.5 billion over the course of five years, and they will be cash-rich and maybe even idiot-proof. The reality is 
If you're a publicly traded company and a media property like WWE is, you gotta step it up. Because yeah, maybe USA Network won't break the contract. Maybe Fox won't, won't, won't cancel the WWE and there might be legal parameters that allow them to be kept on the air, but they could be moved to Fox Sports 1 instead of Fox for SmackDown, which is a much weaker station. Dare I say even Fox Sports 2. Uh, in the case of USA Network, I mean, USA Network hasn't been doing great in recent years. And with WWE tanking uh, at a faster rate than other programs this, with people cutting the cord, uh, it could be bad news for them. And in the next five years, let's just assume they're going to be fine as far as financially speaking, getting that TV money, getting that guaranteed money. But what happens after those five years, huh? What happens if they hemorrhage subscribers? What happens if, God forbid, something happens to Vince McMahon health-wise? What the hell is going to happen? Time will tell. But in the meantime... Let's get some money in the bank. Uh, I, I just wanted to really give you guys a background on all this crap that's been going on because it has been convoluted. And honestly, like I've been checking out. I've really been checking out. I mean, I, I try to keep up with Raw and SmackDown, and I do eventually get around to watching them. But watching them real, in real time is just so confusing, so convoluted. There's rarely any continuity outside of NXT. And you know, you have a great, talent-rich roster. It's, it's hard to screw it up with these guys, but they do. On top of that, before we dive into the preview here, Luke Harper, to the best of my knowledge, has not worked in any wrestling shows. Maybe he'll have done some stuff on the European tour by the time people listen to this uh, podcast. Uh, But he was denied his release, according to WrestlingObserver.com. He asked for his release, was denied by Triple H. Actually, he was actually outright ignored by Triple H. He was denied by Vince McMahon. Reportedly, Vince McMahon doesn't like the fact that Luke Harper can't do a Southern accent, even though he's a great wrestler. And he's on ice until 2020 because even though his contract expires later this year, because he was injured, I guess Deadly can legally tack on more time on his contract. So imagine being a subscriber to Deadly Network, you cancel, and then you say, no, you didn't watch the last three months, so we're going to tack on an additional three months and make you pay. Granted, Luke Harper's getting paid, but still, I mean, if I'm him, I'm looking for legal options right now. And Sasha Banks... To the best of my knowledge, also still uh, inactive with WWE. Not in the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it's the end for the boss or if she's just taking a hiatus or what. But not great in terms of morale for WWE. The Revival is getting embarrassed on TV every single week when they reportedly turned down uh, $500,000 a year offers from, from WWE. Uh, they wanted their releases. They didn't get them. And they instead got the Raw Tag titles. Got a joke of a run. And you wonder why people are freaking unhappy. Oh, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows are on the verge of leaving as well, and I think are reportedly leaving at the end of this year. So, fun times in WWE. And we'll get to some of the other non-WWE news in a little bit, but let's go through this card here. Oof. We have Becky Lynch defending her Raw and SmackDown women's titles. First things first, she's facing Lacey Evans for the Raw Women's Championship. God bless Lacey Evans. She is super in over her head as the sassy Southern Belle. I think the gimmick's pretty good. She does a really good job on social media of promoting her character. I mean, climbing up like a real woman and picking up a coconut for her daughter. I mean, that, that's pretty badass, honestly. And she's got a great look, you know, amazing physique and a, a good athlete and all that stuff. A great military background. But I just feel like it's too much too soon. So naturally, I think Deddy is going to have her beat Becky Lynch to win the Raw Women's Championship because she's tall, because she's blonde, and because she fits the mold that Deddy B likes. And look, there's nothing wrong with being tall and blonde, but... You better be able to work in today's WWE. And while I think she's okay in the ring, uh, fans have gotten used to some really good to great matches in the women's division. 
Can Lacey Evans provide that right now? Honestly, I don't think so. But unfortunately, I got Lacey Evans beating Becky Lynch via some tomfoolery to win the Raw Women's Championship. There is a chance that Becky Lynch could be cashed in on, and maybe you do that. Maybe that might be an alternate finish if you want me to give an alternate prediction. Okay, in the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, you could have another woman cash in, protecting Lacey Evans and protecting Becky Lynch while taking the Raw Women's title off of her. So, uh, yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if Lacey Evans just wins the title. And honestly, I'd kind of like to see the winner of the Money in the Bank briefcases this year, the winners, I should say, uh, hold on to these past uh, today's show or, or, or the show that, that that's coming up. Hopefully they hold a pass today's show. It didn't even happen yet. We have Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles for the WWE Universal Championship. I have Seth Rollins retaining here. This should be a great matchup given the time. And again, no tomfoolery with the run-ins and the, and the briefcases. I guess they've tried to make AJ sort of the, the bad guy in this feud, but both guys are very popular. I, I got this uh, being for Seth Rollins, and it should be a great match. We have Roman Reigns versus Elias. Roman Reigns has been feuding with the McMahons. Coming on a coming to Monday Night Raw unauthorized. Shane McMahon's been attacking him as well. Good God Almighty, uh, R- Roman Reigns. I love the guy. I'm a huge fan of his work, and this is no fault of his own. But WWE is once again shoving him down our throats. They're showing video packages reminding us they had leukemia. They are exploiting his cancer again. It's great that he survived leukemia for a second time. That is amazing. But the story writes itself. And instead, what they're doing is doing all these little tricks. And before it comes out, they play the video package. And they talk about it as him surviving. And then they're incorporating it into storylines. It's just so cheap. I mean, this is real life we're talking about here. Okay, This ain't sports entertainment. When I'm watching WWE, I don't need to be hit with reality constantly. Okay, We get it. He survived cancer. And it's amazing. And I'm sure if you talk to the man behind Roman Reigns, Joe Anoa'i, he'd probably say, you know what? I'd rather have you guys not bring up leukemia in every freaking promo and every freaking storyline. I mean, it's getting to the point of ridiculousness here. And then you got him facing Elias, who's great on the mic, but when the bell rings, it's just kind of, you know, just another guy. Man, it's no wonder Roman Reigns has been getting booed lately, which is crazy to think about. It's like the same thing with Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan comes back from concussions and neck injuries and all this stuff like that. It's an amazing Rocky-type story. And within a few months, he's feuding a big cast and has no momentum whatsoever. This is the state of present-day WWE. That being said, I got Roman Reigns winning this one pretty easily. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair again for the SmackDown Women's title. This will be a great match if given the time, even though Becky Lynch is doing Becky Two Belts to double duty. Uh, but I got Becky Lynch ultimately winning this one. And for love of God, I hope they these two move on. I, I, I really do. That being said, I, I did mention that I think Lacey Evans is going to win the Raw Women's title. So that means that Becky Lynch will remain on SmackDown with Charlotte Flair, who's also on SmackDown. And I guess I'll have to cross paths at some point. The Miz versus Shane McMahon inside of a steel freaking cage. This feud will never end, right? I, I was originally a f- big fan of this feud. I actually loved their match at WrestleMania, even though a lot of people didn't like it. The only thing I didn't like was Shane McMahon kicking out of everything, from the kitchen sink to a shotgun to the skull-crushing finale. Other than that, I liked the match. Uh, and Shane McMahon barely got the win. If you have some fluke when Miz superplexed him off uh, the stage, and, and he just happened to land on Miz. So I think Miz is due for a win here. This is technically an interpromotional match or interbrand match. And yeah, for the love of God, I hope they just move on. 
But knowing them, they might want to protect Shane McMahon because, you know, you got to protect the 48-year-old over who's a barely a wrestler at this point over a former WWE champion. I could see a deal where Miz wins via escaping the cage as opposed to just, you know, pinning him decisively like a man. and uh, Or like a real superstar, like a real main eventer, like the man Becky Lynch. So, yeah, I'll, I have Miz winning this one, but I, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of crap involved. Maybe they'll have Miz's dad come out and... Punch Miz in the or punch Shane McMahon, excuse me, in the face since Shane McMahon reportedly broke one of Mr. Miz's ribs at WrestleMania. Mr. Miz is like a 60-something-year-old man. Take it easy, Shane. Take it easy. It's not real. I mean, to an extent, it's not real. I don't want any wrestlers jumping me right now. You know, you know what I'm saying. I'm just saying, protect your opponents. It's a work. But I got Miz winning. Damn, I'm fine. Can you tell I'm fired up? I haven't talked to a deadbeat in a while because oh man. What should be a great match is Braun Strowman versus Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corbin versus Ali. They're no longer calling him Mustafa. It's just Ali versus Intercontinental Champion Finn Balor versus Andrade, no longer Cien Almas, versus Randy Orton in a Money in the Bank ladder match. Whew. First things first, Baron Corbin, with all due respect to him, he's a perfectly passable pro wrestler. A few things about him. And I've said this before. I'm going to say it again until my face turns blue. They got to give him some damn gear. You can't keep trudging out this guy who is dressed like an Applebee's bartender and have him wrestle in street clothes for whatever reason. If he was at least still the GM and he was dressed like a GM, okay, I can kind of get it. But he's not. And it just makes everything look fake and predetermined and stupid and nonsensical when he's out there in that, I don't even want to call it gear, those street clothes. On top of that, he's just not very good. And you look at all these guys involved, and yeah, Braun Strowman's not a great wrestler either, but Braun Strowman's a great act. You look at Ricochet, who's phenomenal. Drew McIntyre's damn good. Ali's awesome. Finn Bauer's one of the best in the world. Andrade's one of the best in the world. Randy Orton, all-time great. And then you have Baron Corbin. I, I don't understand this, especially when in storyline they blamed him for the ratings and, and all this other stuff going down, and then they usurped him as GM. I mean, he beat Kurt Angle at WrestleMania in one of the saddest matches you'll ever see. It'll be great in spite of him. And I think, look, he'll do fine. He's done fine in multi-man situations, but it's just a complete waste. If you're looking for intrigue and, oh, man, I uh, hope this guy wins, hope that guy wins. I mean, nobody wants to see Baron Corbin win other than maybe his immediate family and some weirdos on Twitter. So let's scratch him off for a second. Braun Strowman won the Money in the Bank last year, epically failed at, at Hell in a Cell. Uh, Ricochet, he'd be great. But I think he needs some work on the mic, and it might be too soon for him. Drew McIntyre, he's been ready for a while. But if he wins Money in the Bank, I would have him go to SmackDown because him teaming up with Lashley and, and teaming up with uh, with Baron Corbin has just been death for him. And he was pretty hot at one point. Uh, Baron Corbin, please know. Ali would be great too, but Ali's a smaller guy. I feel like they'd be apprehensive to pull the trigger on him. I would love to see that, but I don't know. Finn Bauer, no, he's you know he he's got the Intercontinental title. I, I just don't see it happening. Andrade would be awesome, but I'd like to see a little bit more from Andrade personality wise. And again, that's not on him. That that's on WWE because he's a, a phenomenal wrestler. And Randy Orton been there, done that. We saw that in 2013. So if I had to make a prediction, I'm gonna go with the safe pick that WWE would make, and that's Drew McIntyre, which is perfectly fine barring him remaining on Raw. Because if he stays on Raw, I think it's just going to be the same old, same old. SmackDown will give him a fresh coat of paint if he goes there and eventually cashes in on whoever's a SmackDown world champion by then. Women's Money in the Bank. Natalia versus Dana Brooke 
versus Naomi versus Alexa Bliss versus Bailey versus Mandy Rose versus Ember Moon versus Carmella. One of these is not like the other. That is Dana Brooke, who had no momentum coming into this and is just randomly in Money in the Bank. There weren't even any qualifying matches for either the men's or women's Money in the Bank, which I think, I think does hurt the build here. I'm happy she's getting this opportunity. There's a lot of people online that watch her on WWE Main Event, which I don't watch because nobody watches it. They say, oh, she's been getting great reactions and she's been working so hard. That's great. My neighbor works hard. I don't, I don't know if I need him in a Money in the Bank ladder match, but... She's in there, and I think that spot, quite frankly, would be better suited for the likes of Sarah Logan or, or Ruby Riot. But I digress. Uh, we got a couple former Ms. Money in the Banks here, Carmella and Alexa Bliss. I don't think either one should win. Uh, Bailey would be great, especially if you, you turn Bailey to the dark side since she's had a lot of bad luck lately. And actually, I think that'd be kind of cool in a new facet of her character since they completely bombed pushing her as a good guy. Uh, Mandy Rose... She's she's pretty marketable. She's better in the ring than people give her credit for. She could win. Uh, Ember Moon is great. I really like Ember Moon. I saw her a lot in NXT Live, and some of the best matches I've seen you know live were with Ember Moon and Asuka. I would like to see her uh, get that win, but I don't know. Every time they've had a chance to do something with her, they always screw it up. Naomi would be awesome. She she she's always very popular, but she's had her her time in the sun. I think natalia I, I think it'd be more effective if she had won money in the bank last year and eventually cashed in on ronda rousey now with ronda rousey out of the picture uh, i don't see any storyline sense with that dana brooke hey i hope for her sake she has a great showing but other than that i don't need to see her with the briefcase so if i had a pick uh, i'm gonna pick bailey uh but, but personally i'd like to give it either bailey or or ember moon but you know bailey uh, i think one of the more popular women on the roster right now one of the more popular wrestlers on the roster should probably get it Okay, let's see what else we got. Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio for the United States Championship. I actually got Samoa Joe winning this one uh, after attacking Dominic, Rey Mysterio's son. Dominic, yes, the former uh, Dominic. Well, the same Dominic, but the former alleged Eddie Guerrero love child from back in the day. Rey Mysterio's real-life son. He's been on TV lately. You know Samoa Joe is going to engage in some uh, havoc with that kid. Uh, to distract Rey Mysterio. So I think ultimately Samoa Joe will retain the U.S. title, and then they eventually do a rematch. Tony Nese versus Arya Davari for the Cruiserweight Championship. Tony Nese really hasn't had a lot of momentum since winning the Cruiserweight title. It was cool. He had a, a great tournament to earn a title shot at Mania and beat Buddy Murphy. Uh, but beyond that, I don't know. I mean, I mean, this seems like kind of a boring matchup. Arya Davari is really talented, too. I'm at the point where they just need a sunset 205 live. Just get get rid of it. You know, I'm not saying even get rid of the the cruiserweight division per se, but get get rid of 205 live and, and just be be done with it. I mean, I feel like it's it's a nice kind of stopgap for guys that are in between NXT and and the main roster and everything. But yeah, just, just no momentum here whatsoever. I guess I got Tony Nese winning. I, I don't I don't really care for this, but I'm sure it'll work really hard. Samo, well, I said Samo Joe. Sorry, Kingston, Kofi Kingston taking on. Kevin Owens for a WWE title. Big E's been on the shelf with, with the torn meniscus. Kevin Owens was temporarily the big O with the New Day and then turned on them because, you know, they can't keep a storyline straight for a couple weeks. I got Kofi Kingston retaining the title here. He's scheduled to go to Ghana at the end of the month, uh, Ghana, West Africa, where he's originally from and, and was born. And I think that's going to be a great moment for him. The WWE cameras will be rolling for a, a documentary-style special for him. So I think he should retain the title. I think he will retain the title. Go to Ghana, West Africa. Do his thing. Be a celebrated hero. And then come back and 
hopefully hold the title at least till SummerSlam. I, I like to see him hold on to the, to the belt for a little while. He worked hard enough for it, and honestly, other than Daniel Bryan, who's a better option? Not really. Nobody really. Uh, at least right now on SmackDown. Okay, and then we have lastly, she had think that's all the matches right here. The only rumored match, or may, might not be rumored by the time you watch this or listen to this, is Usos versus the Revival. The Revival been humiliated week in week out. I guess, I guess the Usos would win that one. So overall, on paper, right, on paper, the two Money in the Bank ladder matches, Rods versus AJ, Becky versus Charlotte, uh, Kingston versus Owens, uh, Rollins, AJ, Mysterio, Joe, and the Cruiserweight match should all be damn good to great in the ring. They really should be. But it's WWE. Uh, the, the shows tend to drag sometimes with these pay-per-views. And uh, who, who the hell knows? Who the hell, who the hell knows? I mean, maybe these predictions go re and they just switch things. I mean, things are changing on the daily for WWE. But I am still looking forward to this pay-per-view to an extent. Um, you know, now if they engage in some BS in the first Money in the Bank ladder match and the next one and whatever, yeah, I might, I might just turn it off halfway and go watch Game of Thrones. But Money in the Bank as a pay-per-view has rarely been bad. It's rarely been bad. So I, I think it'll be good despite all the other BS that, that's going on. So, in other WWE news, the night before, we're going to have NXT TakeOver in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Also, where, where Money in the Bank is, is taking place. And you're going to have Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. And, and that should be uh, one hell of a match as well. So, I, I'm excited for that. And, yeah, it's weird. It's, it's kind of thrown together in, in some ways, if you really think about it. Just kind of out of the blue. Like, hey, we're, we're going to do this and... Yeah, I mean, at the time recording this, there's still not a card finalized, although by the time some of you listen to this on MNN, there will be, but just very last minute. But every NXT takeover has been good, and with Gargano and Cole on top, I think it's going to be one hell of an encounter, and we'll, I think we'll be fine at the end of the day as far as our viewing experience. Other news, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan captured the vacant SmackDown tag titles after Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy had to vacate it due to reconstructive knee surgery on Jeff Hardy's part. Brian and Rowan defeated the Usos to capture the SmackDown belt. So congratulations to them. We had Lars Sullivan apologize for racist comments and bigoted comments that surfaced from social media and message board posts. Uh, it was originally a controversy a few months back. More posts resurfaced about a week ago or so uh, where he just said reprehensible things about gays, about black people, about minorities in general, about just WWE superstars. And some of these comments were made in 2013 when the dude was already like 25, 26 years old, which is a grown-ass man, literally and figuratively. And he apologized. Reportedly, he talked to the New Day and, and everything's good, I guess. But as far as I'm concerned, one, I don't believe him. Two, I didn't really care for him before because I don't know if he's that good yet. And, and three, just, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of racism and I'm not a fan of bigotry. And I don't think a lot of wrestling fans are and... Uh, yeah, he did apologize, but easy to apologize uh, after you've been caught. So, whatever. Uh, I, I, I guess time will tell what happens with, with him. I mean, he did miss some time before WrestleMania due to anxiety attacks. And look, um, I feel bad that for anybody going through mental illness and stuff like that. But uh, this kind of cements the fact that I really shouldn't care for him. And, and I continue to won't. All right. Other than that, uh, some other news. After this pay-per-view, a week later, we're going to have... The All Elite Wrestling Double or Nothing pay-per-view, which is taking place at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada, 
headlined by the former Neville Pac versus Hangman Adam Page, along with Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. A few months later at Dominion, New Japan Pro Wrestling's big show in the summer, Chris Jericho is actually challenging for New Japan's IWGP Heavyweight Championship, currently held by Kazushika Okada. So it looks like maybe AEW and New Japan relations are going to be slowly but surely thawing, and maybe they will actually work together despite the kind of non-existent relationship right now with AEW and Ring of Honor. So that's going to be pretty big. Also, the Young Bucks are taking on the Lucha Brothers for the AAA Tag Team titles. Although I did hear that uh, Pentagon was, I think it was Pentagon that was banged up, so we'll see if anything changes. And Helico, the former Lucha Underground wrestler, assigned with AEW. AEW is actually going to be airing on pay-per-view in the UK on ITV, and they're going to be having a, a free show, a preview show on ITV as well, which is huge exposure in the UK. Uh, by the time so you guys l- listen to this on TV... AEW will have reportedly announced an agreement with Turner Broadcasting, with Turner TV, with Warner Brother Media, and uh, it looks like they'll be either on TBS or, or TNT, uh, one of the two stations, or, or both maybe, uh, according to the rap.com, which has done a, done a great job uh, being on top of this story. And uh, yeah, we don't know the details of the deal. It could be a partner, a partnership where AEW is, is paying for TV time or maybe not paying for TV time, but they're not necessarily getting paid and they're getting ad revenue instead. It could be one of those like trial runs where they prove that they can get ratings and then eventually get a TV deal. Maybe they'll actually get some guaranteed money. Who the hell knows? Uh, the XFL, Vince McMahon's sort of reborn fledgling football league, is going to be airing on ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, and Fox Sports 1. I think maybe it's, maybe it's Fox Sports 2. Uh, in the in the spring of 2020, which is pretty big news, but they're not going to be getting TV money right away. And they're three year agreements, uh, and on top of that, uh, they're I don't think they're going to be getting any ad revenue. I think I think the network's going to be getting the majority of the ad revenue, if not all of it, uh, according to reports from the Sports Business Journal and, and Dave Meltzer. Uh, but the production costs are going to be paid for by the respective network. So I guess that's a good deal for XFL. But man. They got three years to prove that they could draw some ratings, and they're going to be losing 100 to 200 to maybe even $300 million during that period. But it looks like Vince McMahon is financially prepared for that. He's paying a lot of money to coaches. He's paying a lot of money to Oliver Luck, the commissioner. So uh, I wish him the best of luck. And, hey, it looks like he's actually trying to create an alternative football league. I'm not the biggest fan of Vince McMahon, the person, but NFL needs some, I don't know if competition is the right word, but... You know, you know, some alternative, and if the XFL can actually make it work and make it fun and get ratings and give an outlet for other guys that are no longer in the NFL to apply their craft in the NFL along with some young up-and-comers, I'm fine with that. But going to be interesting in 2020. Uh, we also have a follow-up with Tommaso Ciampa. He's saying that his progress is looking great after major neck surgery, so we wish him the very best. Moro Ronaldo is reportedly staying on with the WWE, which is good for him, but it's a fan of his commentary. Uh, Dave Meltzer reports that NXT stars are making an average around 80000 per year, plus they get merchandise money and, li- and, live ev- and some live event cuts. And on top of that, they get their expenses paid for traveling when you're in NXT. So it's actually pretty good compared to some of the bare-bones deals even some established guys and girls got uh, a few years back. Sheamus, uh, still in recovery. Uh, he's had some spinal issues and everything else, and he hasn't been seen since WrestleMania. We wish him... The uh, very, very best there. 
Um, Lars Sullivan, again, as I mentioned, uh, he he apologized. Uh, okay, let's see if there's anything else. There's been a lot to catch up on, uh, guys. Okay. Oh, so apparently uh, Ryback was threatened by WWE legally to hand over some of his social media accounts because they belong to the company, which is crazy considering he's the one that created them. And he's gone public with this, so... Stay tuned for that. That's going to be interesting. On the Impact Wrestling front, LAX's Santana suffered an MCL tear at Impact Wrestling's uh, Code Red show. Uh, he's, he's the current Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champion. It's so weird not to say TNA anymore. Uh, hope he gets better soon, man. Pro wrestling is a rough business, and those guys have had some crazy matches. WWE's airing Tom McGee versus Bret Hart and a documentary based around the infamous match where Bret Hart made this guy Tom McGee look great on the WWE Network, so you, you can check that out. At StarCast as well, which is the kind of like the access for all, Double or Nothing, Tom McGee and Bret Hart are going to be actually talking about that match. Artie Evans, who's a former indie wrestler and now former WWE writer, quit on the spot at the Hall of Fame uh, a few months back, actually about a month or so back, a little over a month back, maybe a couple months back now, uh, with with WWE because apparently Bret Hart thanked Vince McMahon in his Hall of Fame speech, and Vince McMahon is really anal about people sneezing, uh, really competitive about everything, and doesn't like people mentioning him by name in Hall of Fame speeches. And I guess Artie Evans helped him write it, and Vince McMahon got mad and was about to fire him, and Artie Evans quit on the spot, and since then on social media has been running a series of videos calling himself the quit man Artie Evans, which is great. Meanwhile... Meanwhile, uh, Fightful's reported that Ryan Callahan, who was one of the head writers of Raw, uh, was let go, which is crazy because Artie Evans quit and Road Dog Jesse James, a.k.a. Brian James, who was the lead writer of SmackDown for a couple years, also quit. So, yeah, naturally, uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with WWE, nothing to see here. Uh, Rhino told Chris Van Vliet, I hope I pronounced his name right. He does some great interviews online. Chris Van Vliet. Uh, that he is not renewing his contract with WWE, and he's going to continue to wrestle on the indies and everything else. He didn't want to be, be a player coach. We wish Rado the very best. Major League Wrestling, MLW, which airs on BN Sports and on YouTube, confirmed that they have signed Kevin Von Erich's sons, Ross and Marshall. Congratulations to them. They had a brief stint in Impact Wrestling a few years back, appeared at Slammiversary. They were very green, but both had great looks, and... The Von Erich family is back in the news because of these amazing Dark Side of the Ring documentaries that Viceland's produced. One in particular on the Von Erichs, which is great, but, but really sad as well. And uh, Wish these kids the best. MLW is, has been a great proving ground for a lot of guys like Brian Pillman Jr., like Filthy Tom Lawler, Selena De La Renta. A lot of great young talent, and uh, I think uh, they're only going to go up from here. Be in sports, though, that network domestically... Having trouble getting a lot of clearance and on FiOS and all, the, all these other uh, stations and, and, and providers and everything else as far as doing deals with them. I don't even get them anymore on YouTube TV. Thankfully, we got YouTube. And Dean Ambrose will be appearing in the MMA-themed film Cage Fighter. Uh, Deadline reported this. And it's also starring Michael Jai White, a.k.a. Spawn, and along with Anderson Silva, Alexander Gustafson, and George St. Pierre. That's an all-star cast. Also, Christian, former WWE wrestler, is one of the executive producers. I'm glad to see he's doing well. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic, a.k.a. Donovan Dijak, is undergoing knee surgery. Uh, Hopefully, he'll he'll be all right. Uh, Nobody knows how long he'll be out of action, but 
yeah, that kind of that kind of sucks for him. And uh, as far as other AEW news, uh, Jim Ross has, has stated on, on his podcast online and different interviews that AEW is likely going to have two hours of TV in the fall. I don't know if I'd go the two-hour approach. I'd kind of like to see a, a one-hour uh, approach of everything somewhere to NXT, maybe even an hour and a half. Dutch Mantel, who's one of my mentors in the business, always told me that 90 minutes is the perfect length. Jerry Jarrett, who's considered one of the best minds in wrestling history, he's always talked about 90 minutes is the best length for a pro wrestling show. But it looks like we're going to get two hours because, you know, money prevails, right? And other than that, I think we're pretty much all good. As far as some of the other matches for Double or Nothing, which we'll preview uh, next week, SoCal Uncensored is taking on the Strong Hearts, Shima, T-Hawk, and L. Lindemann. In a six-man tag, Hangman Adam Page against Pac, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho, Dr. Britt Baker versus Nala Rose and Kelly Ray in a Kylie Ray, excuse me, in a three-way match. Cody Rhodes taking on Dustin Rhodes, brother versus brother. If you haven't seen those video packages on YouTube, y'all should, because they are fantastic. The 21-man Casino Royale Battle Royale, I should say, for an AEW World title shot. Features Sonny Kiss, who's an awesome talent from New Jersey. Brandon Cutler, Ace Romero, Glacier. Yes, that Glacier. Sunny Days, Brian Pillman Jr., MJF, Joey Janela, New Jersey Zone. Shout out to him. Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Dustin Thomas, and more. That's going to be on the pre-show. The winner will get an AEW title shot at a future show. And the Young Bucks take on the Lucha Bros for the AAA Lucha Libre Tag Team titles. And Kip Sabian is taking on the very talented Sammy Guevara. Whew. A lot of good wrestling coming up. A lot of boxing coming up, especially in the New York area with Triple G, with Deontay Wilder, with Anthony Joshua. If you're a combat sports fan, y'all better get excited because it is a good time to be a fan. But folks, I'm going to get on out of here. I appreciate the time. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, please feel free to like on YouTube or like and review on your respective podcast platform iTunes, Google Play, you name it. We're on Spotify as well. We're on every major platform. And you can watch us on TV in the New York area every single week, Thursdays, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on MNN2. Check your local listings on Fios, Spectrum, and RCN. Until next time, folks, subscribe. Don't forget to enable notifications. And as always, enjoy the matches.